Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. Before we get started today, I want to talk about what's happening tomorrow. You can join the WDET Book Club's first library event in Flint. That's tomorrow at 10 a.m. at the Flint Public Library. Take the ride and meet up with us for the latest from Congressman Dan Kildee, journalist Jaquanda Johnson, and mom-turned-activist Melissa Mays. We're going to talk with all of them about the origins of the water crisis in Flint and what's going on today. We're doing all of this as part of our big summer read here on the WDET Book Club of Mona Hanna-Atisha's book, What the Eyes don't see. If you need more information, you can go to WDET.org slash events. We would love to see you there. We especially would love if folks in Detroit who listen to the show would travel with us up to Flint uh, for this meeting. There's going to be a lot of folks from Flint there. And as I said, uh, Dan Kildee and Jaquanda Johnson and Melissa Mays will be there. But it will be really great if, uh, if we can get Detroiters to make that trip as well and take part in the conversation. So we hope to see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. at the Flint Public Library. All right, today we want to talk to three different Metro Detroiters who are doing really interesting things with language and words. Some of the things that they're doing are here in Metro Detroit. Some of the things are far flung, and we want to talk to them about the influence of language and words on their work. So first, Nick Wilson grew up in a variety of places, from here in Michigan to way over in Egypt. And now he calls the Marshall Islands his home. The ring-shaped collection of Pacific Islands are made of coral and sit about six feet above sea level. The nation has a really storied history all its own, and the people who are native to the island have been there for about 2,000 years. Now, to give you some perspective on how long that is, the people of Hawaii are believed to have first inhabited their islands only about 800 years ago. As the rest of the world has become much more connected through globalization and technology, the Marshalls have followed suit, in some part due to a unique Western colonization. And this has meant that the young people there are learning from American textbooks and are at risk of losing touch with their own indigenous language and culture. This is where Nick Wilson saw an opportunity to step in. And while teaching English to those on the Marshall Islands, he has started documenting their language in what is the first real comprehensive Marshallese dictionary. I'm really pleased to welcome Nick Wilson to the studio. Hey, thanks so much, Stephen. Uh, I'm just so happy to be here at my favorite radio station. Um, <laughs> That's <yeah>. great. <laughs> just, just a minor correction on the dictionary point. Uh, there is already uh, an official dictionary of Marshallese, but we're always looking to improve uh, the next editions of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, let's talk about that idea of this dictionary that you're working on. Tell, yeah. us, what you're, tell us what you're doing and what it is about trying to preserve, I guess, the language that uh, is native to those islands. Yeah, so um, education brings so many opportunities, but unfortunately for a culture which passed on its knowledge through means other than text, uh, education, wow, it kind of alienates folks uh, when their language is not textualized enough. Mm -hmm. So a dictionary is kind of like a resource to to let folks um, record all that's there to offer in their language um, for the future, but also to build upon the foundations that already exist from that great resource of language. The Marshallese call their language and their culture 
uh, literally a gift from God. Mm. So it's it's so important. And unfortunately, the education system that they've had so far hasn't given them those textual foundations to respect their oral traditions. But yeah. that's so, what we're looking for. So talk about what you're doing with this dictionary. As you just said, they have an official dictionary. What is the work that you're involved in? Yeah, so that official dictionary was written in 1976 before the internet. And as you say, we're living in a, in a world that's so uh, drastically being changed by technology um, and, and, and the internet as well. So to have a dictionary that doesn't, say, offer any advice on technological terms, you know, mm. leaves people in a sort of awkward situation. Should I try to describe it in my own language using terms that I know everyone understands but might not be the English uh, fancy terms, or should I just throw out the English? Um, and and it, those kinds of decisions ultimately weaken the position of the language itself, um, the, the prestige of it, so that children think that English is the language of the future and they're willing to neglect uh, their own language. So we are working on a dictionary that can comprehensively address, let's say, uh, the modern world um, uh, since 76, at right. least. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I and mean, that's 43 years ago. Yeah. Uh, lots about language has changed everywhere, and I would imagine that uh, it's not it's not different there. Um, uh, tell us a little more about the Marshall Islands uh, uh, and their history. Who lives there? Uh, as I said, the people who inhabit that island have been there for 2,000 years. It's a lot longer than almost any place else <laughs> we can think of on the planet. Yeah, it's uh, it's just an amazing history. Uh, the most remarkable product, let's say, uh, of the culture, if one wants to just point to one example, is the stick chart, in my opinion. Uh, the stick chart is, is often credited as being a Polynesian invention. However, it is uniquely a Marshallese invention from the Marshall Islands, created by a very unique form of navigation um, in, in which the navigators feel the waves. They can feel these waves reflecting off islands that are over the horizon. And um, through uh, putting together how that feels, the direction of the waves, their knowledge of where the sun is, um, a, a variety of factors, they're able to navigate successfully um, over hundreds of miles. Wow. On the water. On the water. Yeah. Um, what's the history of the Marshall Islands? So um, we have that 2,000-year history um, that's documented in the traditional tales of the Marshallese. Um, we can say that they're first uh, inhabited, as you said, 2,000 years ago from people probably coming from the south, um, areas like Samoa or Fiji um, uh, 2,000 years ago. But uh, let's just skip to, say, the first Western contact. Mm -hmm. um, this would have come when the Spaniards were going between Guam um, the Philippines and Mexico, uh, say, hauling silver um, to trade with the Chinese for, say, silks to bring back to Mexico and so on. Um, and, and they would run into the Marshall Islands. And through this contact, the Marshallese uh, first started to learn about resources like iron. Um, and when the first dedicated expedition to explore the Marshall Islands came from, surprisingly, Russia um, in 1816, the uh, Marshallese had already picked up a Spanish word for uh, metal, as well as help us. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, they have a, a long history of contact, but it was pretty casual until about 1850 uh, when the first missionaries came to the Marshall Islands, and then we get an intensive and regular contact with Western society. Um, and uh, going on into World War II, mm -hmm. uh, which is really where the Marshalls come into the American uh, world, so to speak, um, the, the Americans defeat the Japanese, and they set up a system which uh, is, is very generous in many ways, but at the same time involved um, a horrible blotch on our American history, in, in my opinion, that of the nuclear testing. 
Um, so while Americans uh, were good stewards of the Marshallese in many ways, um, they unfortunately used that land for uh, nuclear testing, and people there still affect, suffer the effects of this today. Is that right? Um, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's a, a sad and dark moment in our history, but I think we look forward to um, a brighter times. But that's just World War II, and since then we've become uh, an independent country out there. Um, that was 1986, and uh, yep, now we're just one of the UN nations yeah. out there in the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about how you came to be uh, someone who's living there and, and doing this work. As I said, uh, you grew up in a number of different places, including here in, in Michigan. That's right. What brought you to the Marshall Islands? Yeah, so my family's pretty much all from Pontiac. We had all ended up there, more or less, uh, for the auto industry uh, back at the turn of the last century. Um, but my father worked for the World uh, Health Organization as well as a number of other branches of the United Nations. So we ended up in places like Italy, Egypt, Scotland. And in my family, it was kind of a normal thing to go to the other side of the world and, uh, you know, do your thing. So I did this in the Marshall Islands and liked it so much, uh, you know, that I thought this is a place that's worth sticking around and, mm -hmm. and seeing what I can do to help. Yeah. So. Um, uh, let's talk a little more about... Um, the language there. Yeah. Uh, what is the language? What does it sound like? Mm -hmm. And sort of what are, what are its uh, what are its origins? Yeah. So its origins are in the Austronesian family, which is a wonderful family of languages, including Hawaiian, uh, all the Filipino languages, the languages of Southeast Asia. Essentially, the Austronesians uh, spread out from what is now Taiwan um, thousands of years ago and and covered the whole Pacific. So that range of languages um, has those melodious sounds of, of uh, Hawaiian in it. It has those um, sort of staccato sounds of Filipino, if you've ever um, heard those glottal stops going on. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, the Marshallese language has a unique sound system in which, uh, say, English, which has its regular distinctions between sounds like pa and ba, the P and B sound. Marshallese takes up a regular set of distinctions, but they're made through a different kind of articulation, which gives you uh, a regular set of distinctions that sounds like B and B, D and B. So you've got this little inflection, so huh. to speak, in, in, in the sound system that huh. um, not a lot of languages do. Yeah. Uh, I, have, you, have you become fluent in the language? I would say I'm as fluent as any <laughs> non-native speaker. As any non-native speaker? Yeah, and, and there's not a lot of us. So I don't know that that's a huge claim to fame, but yeah. I've done my best to learn what I can. Well, can you, can you speak just a little of it for us here? Okay. Ngai Nick Wilson, ngai ditokjen Amerika, ngai John Rukagi, Ilo Island in Majel, ngai Kajang in Kamanbo Enaman, Ilijuam Jakalat, Ilo Majelen. So I'm Nick Wilson, I'm a teacher from America, I live in the Marshall Islands, and I'm a teacher there trying to make the world uh, better for them in the wow. future. Wow. Uh, how difficult was it for you to? To learn that language. You know, I'm convinced, and even though I have uh, an education as a linguist, I'm convinced that learning a language starts with love and interest. Um, so when you have those two things, you know. It's not as hard. Yeah. That's really, exactly. that's, a, that's a really wonderful way to think about that. Thanks. Uh, yeah. You know, start with what Socrates said, know yourself. And right. if you know you want to do it, do it. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Nick Wilson, a Metro Detroit native who lives on the Marshall Islands, where he teaches English and is working on helping to document and preserve the Marshallese language, the native language there, which uh, young people are not learning or using as much. 
uh, as they used to. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313-577-1019. We're talking this hour about language in a number of different ways and in a number of different ways that people here in Metro Detroit are using language and sort of leaning into questions about how language affects culture and our lives. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and uh, we will try to work you into the conversation. Um, let's also talk some about uh, the, the the geography there and the way that climate might be affecting that geography. As I said, it's, it's just six feet above sea level, which is much lower than uh, here in the United States or, or lots of other places on the globe. Uh, that's That puts them in danger, I would think, of, of uh, losing a good part of their geography as sea levels rise. Absolutely. Um, the scientific consensus is that sea level rise no doubt threatens the Marshall Islands um, as soon as within 50 years it might make it uninhabitable. And when I say scientific consensus, this is the United States Geological Survey doing research um, at one of the military stations out uh, out there. The U.S. Army actually has a couple of bases um, out in the Marshalls. So they're concerned about the welfare of their facilities. Uh-huh. And so they do very good research. And that research says as early as 50 years, they might be uninhabitable because the waves will be overwashing the land. All the traditional crops uh, will not be able to grow, and what you'll have is basically rocks um, right. washed with salt water. And, and so, what does that pretend for the work that you're doing, for instance, and the broader efforts to preserve the culture? Of the people who live there. Yeah, I think there's a few of us um, who realize uh, those, uh, just the danger of that situation um, and, and are lucky enough to be educators to be able to do something about it. So uh, we are working to um, uh, fortify the culture as much as we can. But um, overall, uh, most Marshallese that, that I'm aware of have, have an attitude of not, uh, say, running away from the problem, but looking to build up organization um, internationally because it is an international problem. It won't just be these islands. It'll also be places like Florida, like um, parts of Louisiana, right? Um, so to, to build a sort of international organization that anticipates the problems that we'll experience um, is an important part of the response to it. And for the Marshallese, uh, fortification of the atolls as well in, is, is part of the f- uh, solution for the future. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk a little more about kids in the Marshall Islands and what they're learning and how they're learning. As, as I said in the open, you've got this Western influence through the United States involvement there that, that obviously has influenced teaching and, and, and culture. But what, what is it about um, the last 40 years, for instance, that has contributed to the loss of this language? Did you say they, they haven't produced a dictionary in, in, in 40 years. Uh, why, why has that happened? Yeah, um, I suppose there's this, there's this sense that um, because America has given us so many wonderful and, and you know, uh, game-changing inventions, so to speak, um, that they will have something to perhaps give us in the future in terms of education, whereas um, the nature of education just doesn't work in the same way as other imported products. Um, education must be 
based on uh, the people themselves, right? And and it, I think this is as much a shortcoming as the American colonial administration um, uh, as it is for uh, the Marshallese themselves um, who were there at the time. I, I don't think anybody could have known any better in their position, but um, that's sort of the situation that I believe has happened uh, where uh, American things essentially are, are seen as being intrinsically good um, mm-hmm. and and non-american things are questionable yeah. including Marshallese knowledge and, and so how do you help reclaim that I mean uh, are the people of the Marshall Islands sort of uh, you know aware of this and and saying hey we've got to we've got to preserve this or is this uh, an instance of, of of trying to get them to, to to acknowledge that. Yeah, there there are many who are aware and um, who are working for this. Um, and and sadly, though, it is the case that I think there are quite a few Marshallese uh, who think exactly what I was just saying. Uh, if it comes from America, it's good. If it's coming from the Marshall Islands, it must be um, faulty in some way or not as good. Um, so I think to to get. Marshallese to understand how special, say, some of the aspects of their culture are, like the stick chart, like the wave navigation, which many of them do not know. For example, in my class, I've asked my students to uh, simply draw from memory, you know, what does a stick chart look like? And many of the students just don't even know Mm. what a stick chart is. So um, they just haven't um, had an education system that showed them what was great about their own culture. And I think certainly this is one of the cornerstones of any good education system. Uh, shows you w- what is um, wonderful about yourself yeah. first. So, so how close are you uh, to being able to produce this mm-hmm. this dictionary that you've been working? Uh, on? The dictionary, I would say, is probably about six or seven years off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to involve uh, many Marshallese people working along with me, many teachers. Um, I want vetting it as well. Um, so this one is going to be a doozy, <laughs> yeah. but you know but the Oxford English Dictionary took what uh, a generation or two to, to write. So. A, little, a little time, right? <laughs> and it's such a wonderful thought, though—the idea of of working to preserve that language and getting all of these different people to make their contributions to it, so that uh, so that they have it, and then they will have it forever. Yeah, and getting back to Socrates, you know, I see myself as the midwife of the dictionary rather than its author, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. One, one to help one bring it into being. Helping to birth it. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, Nick Wilson, uh, thanks very much for hey. being here with us. On Thank the you, Stephen. What a wonderful story. Hey, I appreciate it. All right, up next, uh, we're going to split the tea on some slang that's being dissected by a local English teacher who has a podcast that was inspired by her students. Stay with us on Detroit Today.